Well, good morning and welcome. If you're joining us for the first time, a special welcome to you. We've begun a journey over the last couple of weeks in the book of Hebrews, and we're building this picture on why Jesus is a better way. This morning, I'm going to encourage you to grab your Bibles if you could, so we can look at Hebrews chapter 3, verses 1 to 6 together. And I think it'll be helpful to place, place it in context. So go and do that now if you could. While you're doing that, maybe I'll talk a little louder. Um, Ian, last week, the other Ian, he said Hebrews is a little bit like an eccentric billionaire. Rich, but lots of puzzling things about it. And I, I totally agree with that. But for me, Hebrews is also like that expression, I couldn't see the forest for the trees. You know, where you're looking so closely, uh, up, you're looking so close to an individual tree that you don't step back and, and take in the big picture and see the whole forest. And I think that's relevant for us this morning as we, as we come to this book. There are many fascinating trees to, and with stories to, to tell about each individual tree and it's very, very easy to miss the big picture. You know, we can delve into the reading and we can sort of go, hey, check that tree out. Oh, I'll look, at, look at that tree. Hmm, that, that's interesting. But actually, the whole picture is actually pretty clear. To help us see the forest, if you like, Dave two weeks ago started us off in chapter one and says that Jesus is the better way and that actually Jesus is magnificent. Ian last week uh, followed that up with comparing Jesus to the angels and agreeing that because Jesus is so magnificent, we uh, therefore had better pay attention. Uh, chapter 2 verse 1 says this, We must therefore pay even more attention to what we've heard so that we will not drift away. So that was the bottom line of last week. And remember Ian gave us that illustration of him out bodyboarding in Queensland. He left Richard on the beach and, uh, and he didn't take notice of the undertow and he didn't have his eyes fixed on the, on the flags that were on the beach and so he drifted out. And so we come to this week. In chapter 3, we get to compare uh, Jesus with Moses. And we see that Jesus is the great leader and he's more glorious, which will encourage us to respond by persevering, to holding on to hope. That's where we're going today. That's the shape of the forest today. And that's sort of the conclusion we're going to get to. All right, so as we, as we read this passage today, I'd like you to look for four things as we, as we go through it, sort of like four trees, if you like. Firstly, the writer of Hebrews wants us to realise something about ourselves. If you're a Christian today, uh, if you trust him for salvation and trust in his word, in the very first verse today, um, it says something about you. So be on the lookout for that. Secondly, in the second half of the first verse, the writer immediately turns our attention to Jesus and he wants you to realise something about Jesus. Thirdly, and the bulk of the passage this morning, verses 2 to 6, the writer is going to tell us something about what Jesus has done and what he's done for you and he wants you to realise that. Lastly, the writer uh, wants to tell you something about your perseverance. 
The writer wants to tell you uh, and wants you to realize something about your perseverance and holding on. So be on the lookout for those four things as we go through this this morning. Uh, but before that, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We need it. Father, speak into our hearts this morning and, and may we be ready to receive it. We pray in your name. Amen. So this morning we've got Peter Woods reading the passage for us this morning. Hebrews 3, 1-6 Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honour than Moses, just as the builder of a house has greater honour than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, bearing witness to what would be spoken by God in the future. But Christ is faithful as the Son over God's house. And we are his house, if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. Thank you to Peter and also thank you to Phoebe for the kids' talk. That sets us up so well today. Our short passage uh, continues with that goal that of elevating Jesus as superior to anything or, or anyone and, and shows that Jesus is worthy of all trust and devotion. I want you to take a minute and, and consider something and imagine something right now. Actually, imagine someone. That someone, that person is pretty amazing. That person teaches the gospel to more people in live audiences than anyone in history. That person reaches almost 250 million people for Christ in, in over 155 countries. That's pretty incredible. Imagine having such a heart for the lost that you travel the globe, you meet many people, you meet presidents, you meet dignitaries, and you write over 30 books. That's a pretty incredible person, and, and you might want to call that person a, a hero. However, this, ama this amazing person uh, wouldn't want to be called a hero. This person would want to be called a follower of Christ, and that's, that's the, the, the greatest title that person wants to have. Of course, this person is the late, great Billy Graham. And yet, as well known as he is, his legacy never was, look at me, but look to Jesus, look at what God has done. And throughout his life, he consistently showed that he served one greater and one more faithful than he. But I've got to say this, even on Billy Graham's best day, Jesus is still, is still way greater. All right, let's dig into the text now. Verse 1, the writer of Hebrews says this, Therefore, in other words, in light of these fabulous truths about, about Jesus that we read in chapter 1, chapter 2, Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, Notice what the, what the writer is doing here. He's asking you to realise and remember 
who you are in Christ. If you're a believer and trust in Christ for, for salvation, then he wants you to realize what God has made you. You who are in Christ. And so the writer says three things about you. First of all, he calls you holy. Don't know about you, when, when I read this and I read holy, who, who me, and I'm a holy brother and I share in a, in a holy calling, no, that can't be me, that's got to be someone else. But he says these three things about you. One, that you're holy, that you're set apart to God, that you're consecrated and you are sanctified and you're made holy because of Jesus. The second thing is uh, you're a brother and a sister. Not just brothers and sisters to each other, but you are a brother and sister to Jesus Christ. We read in chapter 2, verse 11, it says this, Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. So you are a brother and sister to Jesus. And the third thing in this short bit of the passage, it says that we share in a heavenly calling. And it is a heavenly calling because it comes from heaven, from God. And it is a heavenly calling because it invites us, invites us and leads us to heaven, to God. We are set apart by God. We're made members of his family and we're called to share in his eternal rest. We are citizens of heaven. That's who we are. Isn't that incredibly exciting and encouraging? And it was encouraging to the first listeners as it is to us today. The writer is basically saying, hey, believer, you've got to stop and realize who you are in Christ. You've been made holy in Christ. You've been made brothers and sisters. You've been made fellow heirs and you're related to the inheritor, Jesus Christ. And you've been given a heavenly calling. Wow, what a great hope. And we should be people of great hope and confidence. And the reason is not because of ourselves. We fall far short. Our hope and confidence all hangs on Jesus. And this is why in verse 1 it continues and we turn our attention to Jesus. Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. Fix your thoughts on Jesus. Consider him. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Dwell on him. Meditate on him. Uh, reflect on him. That's actually what I'm doing right now as, as, I, as I share a message, as all preachers share messages. That's what we're doing. doing. We're asking you to consider Christ. It's what happens in kids' church. It's what happens in our life groups. What we're doing is considering Christ. Often when we think of that phrase to consider Christ or to consider Jesus is, is something that unbelievers should do. Consider Jesus, we might say to them, and, and that's right. But this book of Hebrews is, is asking us as Christians to consider Jesus, to fix our thoughts on him. Well, as holy brothers and sisters, do we automatically fix our thoughts on him? The answer to that is no. Remember last week, uh, Ian's message and that first uh, verse in chapter 2, we must pay close attention to what we've heard, lest we drift away from it. 
you know, there's lots of stuff that can be more interesting and can distract us and cause us to drift. And so Hebrews encourages us, yes, us as Christians, to fix our thoughts on him, to consider Jesus. So continuing on with the same verse, we get to our second point that we're on the lookout for, a realisation about Jesus. The writer says that Jesus is our apostle and our high priest. What does that mean? It's John Piper who says this about us. Human beings have two huge needs uh, that puts everything else in our lives into the shadows. That we need a word from God and we need a way to God. We need a word from God and we need a way to God. So what we realise about Jesus in this verse is that he completely fulfils this need, these two human needs. Jesus is our apostle and Jesus is our high priest. Our apostle means one who is sent. So Jesus is sent from God to heaven with God's revelation. It is through Jesus sent from God that we hear God's word. High priest means one who is a a go-between, who offers a sacrifice for forgiveness of sins and we become reconciled. That fulfills our way to God. So the writer in chapter 3 encourages us to fix our thoughts on Jesus for he is God's apostle, the final word from God. And he is our high priest, the final way to God. Jesus, the word from God. Jesus, the way to God. The third thing we're on the lookout for this morning is to realise and reflect on what Jesus has done. From verse 2 through to verse 6, we're asked to consider Jesus' superiority uh, over Moses and to think about this. And by considering what Jesus has done, this strengthens our our hope and, and gives us courage and confidence. So to do this, the writer looks at two ways Jesus is superior to Moses. Firstly, he introduces a comparison and shows that both Jesus and Moses were faithful in God's house, which is a picture of God's people. Moses was quite faithful, was faithful in, 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 in the household of God. And the writer quotes from the Old Testament from Numbers where he says this, Where there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. But this is not true of my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak face to face, clearly and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. After this comparison, there is a contrast. The writer isn't putting Moses down here. That's not the point. But to contrast Moses to the original audience must have been a spin-out for them because Moses was held in a special place in their hearts. He was a hero. He was was the super guy to them. You know, Moses had led uh, their ancestors out of Egypt to the Promised Land. He'd written the first five books of the Old Testament and he was given the law from God. He was a great prophet. Let's read on. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honour than Moses just as the builder of a house has greater honour than the house itself. And remember that cake analogy. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. 
Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, bearing witness to what would be spoken by God in the future. But Christ is faithful as the son over God's house. So the line of argument the Hebrew writer is using is this. Moses is the servant. Jesus is the son. Moses is the faithful servant, but Jesus is the faithful son. Moses was part of the house, part of God's people. Jesus is over the house. And Moses actually testified of what was coming, and Jesus fulfills that actual testimony. You know, why settle for Moses when, when you've got Jesus, God's son, who, who created Moses? We know about the original audience uh, and they were they were Jewish Christians, some of whom, for whatever reason, were were wanting were considering a return to Judaism. Why was that? Well, it could have been that there was sort of outside pressure, um, and so they wanted to fall back on what they knew, or there was probably just some immaturity around around biblical truth and a lack of understanding of what's going on. Looking back, yes, it's good to do, and it's good to acknowledge our heroes, but we're meant to press forward, not go back. It's the future that we're proud of, not so much our heritage. And as Phoebe said in the kids' talk, she said this, we have some great leaders here on earth and we need to be thankful for them. But how much better in Jesus, how much better is Jesus because he is the creator of all things. But Christ is faithful as the Son over God's house. And we are his house, if indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. And so we now come to that fourth signpost, that fourth thing we're looking out for. One, we've realised something about ourselves. Two, we've realised something about Jesus. Three, we've realised what God, what Jesus has done for us. And now we've come to the fourth point, and that is uh, what we should do, and that is to persevere, to hold on, to hold on and not give up hope. The writer says that we are in the household. We are the household. We are the brothers and sisters if, if we hold on to the courage, if we hold on to the confidence of our hope. Maybe you're that person when you hear that conditional if and you feel like, oh no, maybe, maybe, maybe I haven't done that and that discourages you. That's not what the writer is wanting to do. The, the writer is wanting to motivate you, not demotivate you. The writer is encouraging you, saying, don't give up, don't quit, don't stop. Keep on going in the Christian life. He's urging you to pursue perseverance to the very end because he's realistic about the Christian life. Just as Christ was faithful, we are also to be faithful by holding on to that courage and that hope. Well, how do I know if my faith is genuine? The answer to that is we hold on. The sign of genuine faithfulness is perseverance. But the good news is that because of Christ and he, and he lives in us, we can remain courageous and hopeful to the very end. We're not saved by being firm in our faith, but, we, but our courage and our hope do reveal that our faith is real. So we've covered our passage this morning and we've learned about us. We've learned about Jesus. We've learned about what Jesus has done and about perseverance. 
So I want to leave you with a, with a take home. Actually, your home, a takeaway, I should say. And here's the takeaways about uh, how to persevere. Some perseverance helpers, if you will. And they come from this passage. So hold on. Because faithfulness flows from a clear and healthy view of Jesus. If Jesus is our ultimate example of faithfulness, we must have a clear picture of him. So how do we keep a focus on Jesus? A couple of things. We must have a sound theological understanding of Jesus. That's been very much the picture of what the writer of Hebrews paints for us. So can I encourage you to, to really study this, this word, the, the, the book of Hebrews? Grab some commentaries, check out some videos, check out the Bible project. Uh, be sound in your thinking and make it part of your normal activities of your Christian devotion. And an even more important way of keeping Jesus in focus is, of course, prayer and obedience. The theological understanding serves to point us to the living and loving God that we serve. Hebrews emphasizes a really powerful uh, relational connection or dimension to the Christian life. After all, we are his brothers and sisters. Uh, we're on this adventure with him. We are part of Christ's household and on the journey of learning to be faithful from him. And so our prayer lives must be cultivated. In this, uh, in this quick fix sort of culture that, we're live, that we live in, it's, it's really hard to cultivate our prayer life. Here's a really, really good quote uh, from a devotional, uh, the NIV Couples Devotional Bible. And it's called, No Hurry. Let me read it. One barrier to intimacy with the Saviour is hurriedness. Intimacy may not be rushed. To meet with the Son of God, it takes time. We cannot dash into his presence and choke down some spiritual inwardness before we hurry off to our one o'clock appointment. Inwardness, inwardness is time-consuming open only to minds willing to sample spirituality in small bites and savouring each one. Intimacy with Christ comes from entering his presence with inner peace rather than bursting into his presence from the hassles of life. A relaxed contemplation of the indwelling Christ allows for an inner communion impossible to achieve while oppressed by busyness and care. Holy living is not abrupt living. No one who hurries into the presence of God is content to remain for long. Those who hurry in, hurry out. Another perseverance helper, another way to help hold on. Faithfulness grows from encouraging each other. Verse 13, later in this same chapter, uh, the writer tells us to encourage one another daily. So the beauty of belonging to a group of believers, to a, to a faith community who share with you and encourage you and with love and concern, who help you and guide you and challenge you and grow you to give and to take positive encouragement from others in the body of Christ, that is an incredible gift. And during these pandemic times, I know it's really, really challenging to be a strong faith community. But I've realised that this lack of 
connection through these days only affirms to me the importance of a community of faith that rubs shoulders together and, and enables us to connect deeply. We need to experience applause and encouragement from each other on the journey. And it serves to give us, gives us courage and hope and to hold firm with confidence to the end. Friends, consider Jesus. Fix your thoughts on him. Fix your eyes on him. Jesus is magnificent. Hold on to the confidence. You know, this, this is a really positive thing, holding on to Jesus. It's not negative. It's not, it's, not a, it's not a restriction. It's not a liability. This is life-giving. This, this is wisdom. This is, this is awesome. We get to. We get to hold on to him. It's incredible. Yes, we have to work on it. Yes, yes, it, it, it means we have to focus. Yes, we, we have to be disciplined. But I get to be a brother. I get to be part of the heavenly calling. It's the most important thing that you can do. Keep your eyes on him. Hold on. Fix your thoughts on him and don't let it go. Let's pray together. Father, we, we thank you for Jesus, for the magnificent hope that we have in him, for dying in our place and giving us the privilege of sharing in the glory. Father, by your spirit, help us to fix our eyes on Jesus, to hold on to the hope, to courageously boldly and boldly hold on, not because we have to, but because we get to. We pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Now together we get to sing in Christ alone, in Jesus alone, our hope is found. Let's sing together.